Welcome to Demystify Magic with Molly and Madison. I'm Molly, a former skeptic turned full-time energy healer and teacher. And I'm Madison, a born and raised witch running my family's crystal shop. And we're here to explore all things woo through the lens of both science and spirituality so that you can find the moments of magic in your everyday life and create an intentional spiritual practice. So if that's what you're into, find a cozy spot, take a deep breath, and let's demystify some magic. Howdy doody, friends. Welcome back to Z-Pod. Howdy doody. <laughs> I love that we're just going all in on the howdy doody. Going full all in on howdy doody at this point. We're hard <laughs> launching with howdy doody. <laughs> and uh, and you know what? If you have a problem with it, you can just skip the first 15 seconds of this episode. <laughs> yeah, I love Demystify Magic. I just always have to skip the first 15 seconds because they're always saying howdy doody and I hate it. <laughs> It's okay. We get it. We still love you. Today we are doing an episode that we have had probably, I want to say a dozen people reach out and ask us about, maybe more, Madison. Yeah. We have been asked over and over and over again, how do you set an intention? Lots of questions about the ways to set intentions, what intentions are, how you do them, what's the best way to do them, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So we are going to cover all of that today, and hopefully we will answer all of your questions. If not, we are going to be doing a Q&A episode soon, so you can pop on down to the show notes right below this episode and fill out the little Q&A form or send us a DM, and we will add that to our Q&A episode. But I think we're going to have a pretty comprehensive intention episode here. Yes, I am very excited. I think my favorite part about the podcast is the way that it opens me up to questions that I don't even think about Mm -hmm. certain times, like some things that I have done my way for so long, like setting an intention. You know, it's a thing that I think a lot of us can almost take for granted in that like, oh yeah, you set an intention. Yeah. And so hearing, it's really fun to hear a different perspective. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm on someone who is like getting into this for the first time, it makes me like sit back and think, okay, like, okay, how do I set an intention? And what is an intention? And why am I setting an intention? Like it makes me more introspective, which I think is really fun. Yeah. And I think it's kind of like how we talked about in our spiritual cleansing episode where we talked about how like, oh, every spell basically starts with cleansing and like, here's how to do it. It's like Mm -hmm. every spell also has like set your intention, Mm -hmm. but nobody says how to do it. So we're doing that today. We're doing it. Full send. We're doing it. We're doing it. Full send. Before we start, though, Madison, what was your magic moment of the week? I'm really struggling with my magic moment this week because I've had so many of them, but none of them I can like talk about yet. I've always wanted to be a person who says that. (laughs) (laughs) I've always wanted to have a space to be like, I have so many exciting things coming, but I can't talk about them. Mysterious. Even though I hate hearing that. There's a lot going on at work behind the scenes that's like very, very exciting. And as soon as I have something to share, I trust me, I am like bouncing on my seat. Molly has, Molly can attest Mm -hmm. every thought that enters my silly little head goes straight to you. There's so much really fun, exciting stuff happening that I really, really can't wait for. 2024, I think is going to be a really big year for us, for the store. And I just can't wait. I'm like in the my favorite phase of a new venture, which is like mm-hmm. the planning and the daydreaming and the sending links back and forth and the what do you think about this ism. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my magic moment is 
I'm finally, I think, feeling, even though we're still in the throes of eclipse season, I can like see the light at the end of the tunnel of like, I know what all of this is propelling me towards, which makes it a lot easier to have such a chaotic energy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. When folks are listening to this, we will be out of eclipse season. So I can't wait to hear what's, what's come after the final eclipse. I know. Please let us know all of your exciting revelations Mm. because I'm like, I could write a book yeah. just out of, I feel like, what has come up for me during this eclipse season. But what about you, Molly? What's your magic moment? Okay. All right. I told you this, but I have to share this in full because I, it was just like the best moment of like, fuck yeah, I'm a witch. And if if y'all have <laughs> followed me for a long time, you know that like, I've never like fully felt comfortable being like, I'm a witch. I don't know why. I think it's probably like my own internalized misogyny. And like my own. We could do a whole podcast episode on the W word. (laughs) I know. I know. But I've really just been like fully leaning into it. And I think, Madison, you have a lot to do with that because I'm like, my bestie is a witch. So what does that make me? But last week, I filmed a video about an abundance coffee spell. And I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to call it a spell. Because normally I'd be like, how to make your coffee more abundant. But I was like, no, this is a spell. We're doing a spell. Because I'm a witch. And we're spelling. <laughs> we're spelling. And Welcome to the spelling bee. <laughs> I recorded this video. By the time you listen to this, it'll be up on my Instagram. So we'll link it in the show notes if you want to see it and you want to make this recipe. But it's it's something that I've done for years. I've just never called it a spell. I've always just been like, oh, I put cinnamon in my coffee. But I was like, no, I'm going full scent. My intention is abundance. And then, first of all, I had so much energy that day. And I think part of it was caffeine, but also part of it was I just had like an abundance of creativity because sometimes I have too much caffeine and I just have like an abundance of jitters. I was so creative that day. My Instagram exploded that day. Like absolutely. I've never gone so viral on Instagram. It was wild. It was wacky. And then the best part, this is my true magic moment. I had to p- drive and park downtown Portland and I I can't stand parking in downtown Portland because I like I don't like parking there's a lot of people around you have to pay for parking it's like such a nightmare and I go and I'm like all right I'm just going to find you know a good parking spot I'm just going to trust I'm going to follow my intuition to guide me to this parking spot I find a parking spot right outside where I am going and there's 57 minutes left in the meter, <laughs> which is almost exactly as long as I was there. <laughs> I forgot about this. <laughs> like, it was the most abundant. Like, not only, like, I was happy to find a parking spot, but then to see I don't have to scrounge for change in my car. <laughs> I was like, yes, yes. The perfect, the perfect moment of abundance. Of not having to look for change. I was like, I have to make this coffee every single day. (laughs) This is now part of my morning routine. (laughs) There will be truly no other caffeinated beverage. (laughs) I have had an abundant day every single day since. So (laughs) we'd love to hear it. We'd love to hear it. Which is a good segue into intention setting. Because my intention for that was very much abundance. And that is what happened. Yes, I saw you sneak that word in there. I was like, oh, she's she's queuing up a segue. Queuing up a let segue. Let me clear the lane for her to merge. <laughs> so I think we the way that we want to structure this episode is really talking about why and when we set an intention 
busting some myths about setting intentions, talking about the science behind intention setting, because you know I can't not geek out about it, and then finishing with how how to set an intention. So that's that's the journey we're taking you on today. All right. So diving right in with the why, I think that can be like, it can be frustrating to, I think, feel like you have to gather all this information before you like get to the meat and potatoes of like what you want to know. If you're one of those people who is like in our DMs asking us how to set an intention to be like, okay, now I have to listen to 20 minutes of like the science and the why and just tell me what to do. This is really important to me because if you don't know why you're doing something, the how doesn't matter anymore. If you're just following instructions blindly. We're not the podcast for you. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't going to say it, but... (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. You know, I think that the analogy like to a recipe is what a lot of people want to make with ritual work. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that you could find a way to make that analogy work, but (laughs) I can't because it's just not the same. It isn't, you know, no... Oh, wait. Oh, she's going to tell me it is the same. Molly, you should see the look on Molly's face. (laughs) Tell me how it is the same. Tell me where intention fits into baking. Stop, stop. I'm so excited. I actually, I use this analogy all the time. So you can follow a recipe step by step by step and it not taste good because there is one line in every recipe that is the difference between a mediocre recipe and a delicious recipe. Do you know what that line is? To taste. Season Season to to taste. taste. That is what your intention is, right? Because if you just blindly follow a recipe, you're going to be like, oh, this is bland or this is too salty or this is whatever. Like it's not going to be fitted for you. It's when you step into your intention that you taste the recipe and you go, I feel like, I feel like this needs more salt. I feel like this needs more pepper. I feel like this is perfect. This is exactly what I was looking for. And that is what your intention is with any spell work, with any spiritual practice. It's seasoning to taste. I knew if I cued you up, you'd take that over. I knew there was something in the recipe. (laughs) (laughs) That is exactly what it is. It is following a recipe exactly to the T, no personalization. That is what taking the how without the why is to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And we know about like how the brain works is when you understand the why behind what you're doing, you're more likely to A, do it, B, be consistent with it, and C, see results with it. Because if you just follow the how without the why, you don't know what you're looking for. It's like if you follow a recipe, but you don't know what the end result is. It's like, it's like, it's like, <laughs> it's like in the Great British Baking Show when they're doing the technical challenge and they don't know oh what God. the recipe is at the end and they're just like yes. following it blindly. They're like, mm-hmm. maybe this is right. I don't know. Uh-huh. And sometimes they get it, but a lot of times they miss. Oh my God. <laughs> You're so right. And that is what doing ritual work without intention is. And we want your ritual work to be a showstopper, not a low, low on the tier <laughs> technical challenge. We want you to get a handshake <laughs> from from the universe, <laughs> from Paul Hollywood, who is the universe to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So let's talk about the why. Honestly, why are we? Why? I, I feel like we just did. A, that was a synonym for the why. The same reason we talk about the why is why we set intentions. Yeah. Uh, yes. It gives you direction. It gives you, I always see it as like, it gives you a roadmap to see if you're successful or not. 
right? Mm -hmm. If you just do a spell and you don't set an intention, it's like, how do you know if that spell worked? Mm -hmm. And then if you don't know if it worked, why would you do it again? Mm -hmm. Your intention is your why. Yes. Yes. Your intention is like the fuel, the reason. So when you, okay, if you decide you want to do a ritual for something, the thought, the experience, or the desire that lit that, that made you want to do a ritual, that's your intention. Yes. It's what you do with that that is then the basis of any ritual work that you're going to be doing. Yes. So as far as when to set an intention, I mean, all right, if you've listened on the pod before, this this is not going to surprise you. We're going to say this 17 million times, but it's very difficult to screw it up. Mm-hmm. Like if you're worried about doing an intention wrong, throw that out the window. Yeah. Right. If you just have the thought of like, oh, I want this ritual to be for abundance, that is setting an intention. Mm -hmm. It's a matter of you can set an intention sort of like willy nilly or you can set it more intentionally. Both are going to work. It's just one is going to give your awareness and your focus more direction. Mm -hmm. And the way that I like to describe it is like a dartboard. Okay. If I have a dartboard, I know when I throw a dart, if I hit a bullseye or if I miss it, right? That is an intention. When I frame an intention, say I'm like, oh, I am doing this ritual to experience abundance in my day. Okay. And then I hit a parking meter that has time left in it. I have hit that bullseye, right? Versus if we have an intention that's a little bit more loosey goosey, where it's like, I don't want to feel stressed today. It's like, okay, did I hit the bullseye? Did I not, right? The bullseye becomes feeling stressed. So now if I land anywhere on the dartboard, I've hit it. So it's just a difference in like how your focus is. If you want something very specific, you're going to make your intention very specific. If you want something more broad, you can make your intention more broad. It just depends on how you want to look for your results, right? If your intention is more broad, it can be hard to look for a specific result as a yes I met my intention does that make sense yeah I think really like the crux of it is that it's pretty much impossible to not set an intention in some way like yeah I don't think if you're listening to this and you've done any form of ritual work if you've made Molly your abundance coffee if you like truly anything like that I don't think that you've ever not set an intention really like this Mm -hmm. is where we bait and switch you and we tell you that what we're actually teaching you is how to make your intention stronger yes. and more aligned with what you genuinely want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because even with abundance, abundance can mean a million things, right? And you are open to any form of abundance. Right. Which is how you hit the bullseye with your parking meter, which is still a, an incredible story to me. I <laughs> This is where I envy you. But when you want a very specific form of abundance, it does. It makes the, it makes the dartboard much smaller. Mm-hmm. And that requires, in my opinion, more <laughs> intentional intentions. <laughs> I was more trying to find a, We're just going to say the word intention and intentional a hundred times. Don't play a <laughs> drinking game with this one. <laughs> a lot of times people ask us, we've gotten a lot of questions about, are we telling our candle or our crystals or whatever the intention? Are we commanding it? Are we requesting it? And what I want to stress, and we must have said this in one of our early episodes, but you are the magic. Your Mm -hmm. intention is the magic. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say it again. Your intention is the magic. 
So you could say your intention to a pile of sand. Mm -hmm. You could say your intention to a crystal. You could say your intention to a candle. You could say your intention to your coffee. You are the magic. Without your intention, that is just a pile of sand. That is just a rock. That is just a candle. It's your intention that lights the fuse that creates the magic to happen. You are the magic. Mm -hmm. Mic drop. That's the end of the episode. (laughs) Thanks for joining us on Demystify Magic. (laughs) The other thing that I want to get across really strongly is that you cannot set an intention and say it in a way that will bring you the opposite. This mm-hmm. is what a lot of people ask me is they're like, oh, you know, because I remember when the the Moldavite craze was happening, I was getting a lot of questions about like, well, I got Moldavite and my dog died. Is that because I got Moldavite? It's like, no, your intention was not your dog to die, mm-hmm. right? Like the crystal can't kill your dog. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's... <laughs> That's giving, like, I'm all about, I know we just did a whole series on crystals and the incredible things that people can do with them. That's a lot of power to give a rock. Yes. Yeah. And the thing about it is that you can't like, okay, so I want to, I want to stress this because I'm someone, I talked about it before, I have OCD. So intrusive thoughts are like my life. Your intrusive thoughts are different from your intentions. Just because you have a thought does not make it the intention. Can you hear me snapping? (laughs) And so if you have an intrusive thought and that intrusive thought happens or something similar happens, it's not because you had that intrusive thought, okay? If that were the case, if it were just, if it was just the case of thinking something and it happening, we would all be millionaires, Mm -hmm. right? And so it's the feeling behind it. It's the desire behind it that creates the energetic activation, Your energy flows where your awareness goes. And there's like a subconscious component to it, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But I just want to stress that like you can't accidentally intend something when you're doing spell work, when you're working with crystals, when you're doing any of this work. So if you have any stress about that, just throw it out the window. This is something that used to stress me out a lot. I also struggle with intrusive thoughts. And when I'm in like such an intentional space doing ritual work, doing spell work, I used to get really wigged out that I had like opened something and then an intrusive thought would come in and mm-hmm. I'd be like, well, that's a part of the spell. It's a part of the ritual. I've done it. <laughs> <laughs> and that just really isn't how it works. I can attest. I've done a lot of spell work, a lot of ritual work, had a lot of intrusive thoughts. None of them have come through. Yeah, You know, no one has gotten hurt nothing horrible has happened because of a thought that I had during ritual work yeah if we go back to the recipe analogy right if I taste my recipe and I have this intrusive thought where we're where I'm like oh you know it would suck in this orange juice Mm -hmm. it doesn't magically make the orange juice pour into the pot right like I still have free will I still have to take action to decide what I'm putting in that that recipe right and it's the same thing with ritual work with spell work with working with crystals you are the authority, mm-hmm. right? Just like Krista was saying in our um, in our episode a couple of weeks ago, she was saying how like you always have sovereignty, you always mm-hmm. have control, you always have choice, and it's the same thing with your ritual work. That's why we set an intention. It's you actively choosing a direction for the energy. Mm-hmm. I loved that use of the word sovereignty. Yeah, in that episode, that really really struck a chord with me, and that is really true in 
the act of setting an intention. Mm -hmm. You are never doing it by accident, even when with hindsight, you didn't realize it was what you were doing, right? When you picked, when you chose to do that abundance ritual, you might not have had the language for, oh, I'm setting an intention for this thing, but you did. That was what you were doing, even if you called it something else. Yeah. I'm doing this because blank. Mm -hmm. That is your intention. You are never, I mean, I don't want to say never because I don't know who's, you know, who's doing what for what, but you're never buying the Moldavite thinking this is going to kill my dog. Yeah. I hope not. You know, I hope not. I really hope not. Please. (laughs) I would love to be proven right in this scenario. Um. (laughs) So I think when we talk about the how, I think we we need to weave in a little bit of the science. If if you've been here before, you know, we like to geek out about what's happening so that you can have a little bit more meat behind the why. Mm -hmm. So there's two things that I want to talk about. The first is water. And the second is your subconscious mind. Mm-hmm. So there's this really great study. I actually share it with all of my Reiki training students. It was done by a scientist named Dr. Emoto over in Japan. He did a study on water and the effect of intention and words on the molecular structure of water. And you can look up photos of this if you want to. Maybe we'll post some on the Instagram. But essentially what he did was he taped words around jars of water and words that had Negative intentions and positive intentions, kind of like canonically negative and positive. Is that the right use of canonically? (laughs) It gets, we understand what you're saying. Fuck it. (laughs) Canonically positive and canonically negative intentions. So words like I love you and gratitude and thank you. And then words like you disgust me, I hate you, Satan, things like that. And then he froze the water and looked on, looked at it under this super powerful microscope. And what he found was the jars of water that had the positive intentions wrapped around them created these symmetrical, beautiful, snowflake-looking shapes. And the ones that had the negative intentions around them created like black hole-looking things. And so he hypothesized that our intentions can change the molecular structure of water. And we've seen this study anecdotally repeated in schools, right? A lot of schools will do like a bully plant experiment where they have one plant they say nice things to and one plant that they say mean things to. And the plant that gets bullied dies usually. And we've also seen it like if you want to try this at home, there's a uh, at home like rice version you can do where you cook two jars of rice and one you say nice things to and one you say mean things to and the mean rice ends up getting moldy faster. So it just goes to show that like our intention literally affects us on a molecular level, right? Like we are made up of so much water. We're basically just like cucumbers with anxiety, which is what one of my teachers always says. (laughs) And so if the words that we're using and our intention impacts water, it's going to impact us right? And we know that the water affects us physically, emotionally, and energetically as well. So when we are setting an intention, we are doing it in a way that literally starts to change us and create this intention even before we start the spell, even before we set the ritual, even before we do whatever. We're starting to create change in the direction of that intention already just by creating it. I actually have a question about this study. I can't remember. And I don't know if you know this and I actually can't even remember if we've talked about it before, but did he just tape the words or did he say them out loud? I actually don't remember to be honest with you. I know he did a bunch of different ones. Like there was some that he exposed to like heavy metal music and some that he exposed to like, I don't, I don't remember some of like softer vibrational mm-hmm. music. So I know there was a component of like noise 
related mm-hmm. to it. Um, and there's a component of like just taping the word around it. Because I think that's so interesting. Like when people will ask us with the how, right? Of like, do I say it out loud? Do I think it? Like, what's the best way to do that? To have it even just like taped on. So clearly, you know, he thought it, he wrote it, like the intention mm-hmm. is in that piece of tape. And the like the intention of that word is like attached to the object, not spoken aloud. I think that that's so cool and interesting. And just like another facet of how it doesn't really matter how you set an intention. The results are the same. Yeah. And to be honest with you, I don't think it matters anyway, because what we know about like the subconscious mind is whether you say it out loud or whether you hear the word in your head or whether you just think the word, it's all the same. Mm-hmm. It's all the same to your brain. Like your brain doesn't know the difference between visualization and memory and what's happening right now, right? That's why we can have a dream that makes us wake up and our heart is racing, right? Mm-hmm. And so when it comes to setting an intention, really the goal is to let it drop into the subconscious, right? Especially when it comes to like manifestation is we want it to be in the subconscious mind. We have a part of our brain called the reticular activating system. I feel like we've talked about it before. Maybe we haven't, but it's your filtration system. So you are taking in like trillions of bits of information at any given time, but your brain can only consciously process like 60 of those bits. So it chooses the bits of information it pays attention to based on your reticular activating system, based on what you tell it to look for. So when you set the intention of like abundance, it's like, I am going to notice, oh my God, that parking meter has 57 minutes on it. Wow. Abundance happened, right? Mm -hmm. If I had the intention that I want to buy a gray Prius, I'm going to start to see gray Priuses everywhere I go. It's not because there's more gray Priuses out there. It's because I'm paying attention to them. My subconscious mind is picking them up. And so when we set an intention, it's like giving that reticular activating system a target. If my intention is like, I want to feel relaxed, it's like my reticular activating system is going to pick up. Like if I'm in the grocery store, like, oh, I love this song, you know? Like, oh, this song makes me feel really good. Or, ooh, maybe I do want a lavender tea for dinner. Maybe I'll grab some of that. Or maybe I am walking a little bit slower. It starts to pattern into your day little examples of that intention. So you start to pick up more and more on it. You start to see more and more of it. Is it because there's more of it around you? Not necessarily, but it's because of those trillions of bits of information, you are picking up now the ones that match your intention. God, this is my favorite part of the podcast is when all of the things that people, I don't want to use the word skeptic, judgmental skeptics, I guess, to go back to your vernacular around skepticism. When judgmental skeptics will come to me and say, your thing isn't working, it's just X, Y, Z, to know that we're putting out this podcast and you're showing, no, it is working because of X, Y, Z. Can you say the name of that part of your brain again? The reticular activating system. Reticular activating system. I will be keeping that in my pocket as I think that's just, uh, it's just so fun. And so like, uh, I just, I just love you and I just love what we do. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. That is such, I just love that reframe Mm -hmm. of it doesn't matter if your intention is bringing more or if it's bringing attention to what's already there because Mm -hmm. If it was there and you weren't seeing it before, you seeing it now, there is more of it. Yeah, exactly. 
Exactly. And it also like when we see more of it, we start to take action in the direction of it. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's almost like sort of pointing the bow of your ship or the stern of your ship. What's the front I don't of know. a ship? <laughs> mm, that's a good question. Whatever the Whichever front of one. a ship is in the direction that you want to go. Right. Like it's like putting the wind at your back. Mm-hmm. And so like another example I like to use is if you were at, I can't remember where I heard this before, but if you were at a coffee shop, you set the intention that you wanted to meet new people, right? Mm-hmm. In your town or whatever. You wanted to make new friends. You're at the coffee shop. You're at the little counter stirring your your cream, your sugar, your oat milk in or whatever. And there's a bulletin board in front of you. If you hadn't set that intention, you maybe just stir your creamer and you just leave and you go about your day. Mm -hmm. But because you set that intention, you look up at that bulletin board and your brain, your reticular activating system of all of the different flyers and business cards on that bulletin board, it picks up on the one that says book club. Mm -hmm. And then you go, oh, this would be a really good opportunity to meet people. And you tear the little little side off that has like the website and all the details of how to join and you carry that in your pocket throughout your day and then when you get home you reach into your pocket to grab your phone and the little piece of paper flies out and you go oh maybe I do want to do this and you look up the book club and you go and you make new friends intention really is just a heat seeking missile for whatever it is you desire yeah exactly our brains are so cool Brains are so cool brains are so cool and that's what I think is so like so fun about a spiritual practice is that it really is recognizing the magic of your brain, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's really like, for me, my spiritual practice, I guess I'll say, has really been recognizing the power of personhood Mm -hmm. that we don't even understand. Like that is so, it's just so fucking cool. Brains are cool. You heard it here first. Yeah. And like, I love this way of thinking of intention because I find it so empowering, Mm -hmm. right? Like the times where I have felt like nothing is going right, I just have to remind myself it's because that's what my brain's picking up on, right? We've talked about this endlessly, but your brain, all it cares about is your survival. Mm -hmm. And so when it feels like nothing is going right. It's because your brain is zooming in on those things because it wants to protect you. Mm -hmm. And so you can zoom out. You can intentionally zoom out and start to look at the 59 trillion things that your brain isn't picking up on. And I guarantee you there's at least one that is going right. And when you start to zoom in on that, your brain starts to look for more examples of it. And I think that's why a spiritual practice, that's why setting intentions is so powerful because it gives you an opportunity to zoom out when your brain is asking you to zoom in. Yeah. And I think like going back even to what we're talking about with sovereignty, this way of talking about intention really like I love practices that put you at the center Mm -hmm. and maybe that's like a narcissistic way of viewing things, but there's this element of waiting that I see in people who are going down this path where it's like, I did all the things and now I'm waiting for the universe to give me what I want or what I need. And I think that that's like genuinely a very important element to things, right? Like timing, Mm -hmm. but on this smaller scale, recognizing that this is something that I can do without having to wait for anybody, right? Like I can, I can feel abundant without waiting for the universe to give me this like incredible opportunity that needs to come at the right time, you Mm -hmm. know, because it's very easy to get discouraged in that mindset of like, I just have to sit here and wait for when the universe decides it's time. 
Yeah. In the meantime, I can create that feeling of abundance because really that's like what manifestation is, right? It's like all about Mm -hmm. how we want to feel. It's very rarely really about the thing when, Mm -hmm. like when you get down to it, like once you have your basic hierarchy of needs, like I want a million dollars because it will make me feel freedom, right? Mm -hmm. My intention is I want to feel freedom. I can feel freedom a million different ways. Yeah. Yeah. While I wait for the universe to, you know, present me with my million dollars that I'm still waiting on. Yeah, exactly. And if you want to put this into practice, a recommendation that I always make to my clients is a practice called abundance journaling. So for one week, you are going to decide what your intention is, write it at the top of your notebook. And then every single day, you are going to find three small examples of that intention in your life. So if your intention is abundance, it's like, okay, one example is my parking meter was paid for. Next one was I had an abundance of creativity. The next one is, you know, I went to Dunkin' Donuts to get a coffee and I had the perfect amount on my Dunkin' card. So I, it was basically free because girl math. <laughs> Every single day, you're going to write three examples. I guarantee you, seriously, like DM me when you do this. I will hold you accountable. Within a week, you will start to see more of your intention in your life. It will be everywhere because what starts to happen is because your reticular activating system is redirected, you're going to start looking for those examples because your brain is like, oh, I have to write three things down. I better look for them. The first couple of days might be challenging, but then day three, day four, something's going to happen in the middle of your day and your brain's going to go, oh, I need to remember this for my abundance journal later. And then by the end of the week, it's all you will see. It will be the majority of what your brain picks up on. Try it. And DM me and let me know how it goes. I love that. I love the abundance journal. It's so powerful. It's really just like a dialed in version of a gratitude journal, right? Like that's a gratitude journal is an excellent example of setting an intention. Mm -hmm. You know, your intention is that you want to experience more gratitude in your life. There you go. That is applicable to all things, all feelings, all intentions. Yeah. Yeah. So Molly, tell me exactly how you set an intention. We're finally, after all of this riffraff, we're getting to the how. Riff, raff, street rat. I don't buy that. Excuse me? Have, do you not have the Aladdin soundtrack on a regular rotation on your Spotify? I'm about to share something shameful. Oh my God, please. I haven't seen Aladdin. <gasps> this podcast is over. I mean, what? I'm, sh- I'm sure I have, like, as a, like, I'm sure that I was in a place that it played. I have no recollection of the film. I'm so sorry. Well, I know what you're doing later today. Okay. Wow. <laughs> sorry, Anyways. everyone. Work for the rest of the day is canceled. Molly won't talk to me until I watch Aladdin. <laughs> All right. How I set an intention. My biggest piece of advice is don't stress about it. Don't stress about it. You can't, you can't screw it up. So for me, I actually had someone ask me this. I've been doing a lot of those simmer pot recipes on my Instagram and someone commented and said, when are you going to tell the herbs what to do? And I said, when I'm grabbing them and I'm choosing what my intention is for the simmer pot, they already know what to do. Like my Mm -hmm. intention's there. I don't have to, I don't have to talk to them like they're a toddler. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And again, like your intention is the magic. So when I'm making a simmer pot for focus, it's like whatever I put in that simmer pot is infused with the intention of focus. Mm-hmm. I don't have to do I don't have to do something fancy for it. If I want to do something fancy, I might talk to it. Say like, "Hey, what's up Simmer Pot? You cool with helping me with focus, right?" Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Awesome. Love you so great, much. Great. Thanks. Yeah. XOXO. Love you mean it. <laughs> Gossip girl. Yeah. Right. Like because, you know, we have the water 
water uh, study that supports, you know, like when we speak our intention and blah, 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 your subconscious hears it and all of that. So I will sometimes say it out loud. I will sometimes say it in my head, but usually it's like a conscious choice when I'm choosing what I'm doing. It's like, okay, I'm going to sit down to meditate because I want to feel more grounded. Great intention set. Maybe I say it out loud. Maybe I don't. Um, I would say if you want to, if you're looking for ways to make your intention more effective, thinking about that dartboard analogy. So the way that I like to teach my students is if you say it in the positive present tense, like it's already happening, you light up that bullseye on the dartboard. So for instance, if I said like, I don't want to be stressed, right? The bullseye becomes stress. So if I hit anywhere outside of that bullseye, it's like, is it a win? I don't know. Like, what am I looking for? But if I want to be more specific, it's like, I am relaxed. Mm -hmm. My shoulders are soft. Mm -hmm. My jaw is loose, right? Like, giving really specific things for you to pick up on and notice like so when you're in your meditation or whatever if your jaw is tight it's like okay my jaw is loose (sighs) you feel Mm -hmm. that loosening and then you can start to work with that intention very specifically you can see the results immediately Mm -hmm. what's your go-to what's your way for me very similar to you it's like a if I'm choosing an ingredient for something the intention is there I'm not I'm not it's rare that I'm asking out loud for an ingredient to do something. I love, because I do a lot of candle magic, I love to carve an intention into a candle. Mm. I love to, I mean, you know, I do sigils with my oil every day. If you haven't listened to our sigils episode, subtle plug, for me, starting with a sigil is a way of setting intention for me because it's yeah. always really my only like quote unquote rule is that, like you said, it's like that my my shoulders are loose, my jaw is loose, X, Y, Z. It's a positive present tense statement mm-hmm. when I'm carving into a candle. Yeah. I, when I'm making a sigil, I'm using a positive present tense statement. Mm-hmm. When I'm choosing an ingredient, it's usually, hey, this is for focus. Mm-hmm. In my head of, hey, I know that this is a really great, I know that rosemary is a really great herb for protection. I'm going to grab that. Yeah. That is that is enough for me in grabbing like herbs and things for for a sewer pot or for I like dress candles with herbs. Mm-hmm. A great example, I do a lot of intention setting when I make our house line products at the Healing Hedge Witch. Mm-hmm. Both the word is printed on the label, so I'm setting the intention that way, but I'm also setting the intention when I grab each ingredient. Yeah. It's made with honeysuckle essential oil. So I grab honeysuckle and I think I know that this is, you know, and this is when I like made it for the first time when I'm like developing recipes, I'm grabbing, you know, this is a really great oil for abundance. I'm going to grab that. Mm-hmm. This is calendula. I know that's a really great herb for abundance. I'm going to grab that. I'm going to see what happens. Yeah. So I think that's really like the writing is my favorite part. I think like for me, I, I like to get tactile. Mm-hmm. I think that's why I really like candle magic is because there's so many opportunities to get touchy feely with it. I don't know what yeah. else to describe it. I like <laughs> I I like to be hands on in that way. I like to get my hands dirty, so so to speak. And so a good candle carving, I think it's easier for some people to like have an action connected to it. Yeah. And so if that's how you feel, try that out. I truly there's like a hundred pack of little white tea lights from IKEA. Mm-hmm. that I bought a year ago at least I'm still working through it doesn't like I don't even carve an entire sentence sometimes it'll just be the first word or the first letter of every word mm. oh I like that 
right? Yeah. Make a little acronym out of my positive present tense statement. You know, it doesn't have to be like huge candle. Yeah. And also your handwriting is going to suck. So there's also like a really great opportunity to like make peace with taking the aesthetics out of it. Mm -hmm. That's another reason I really like it because it is impossible to carve into a candle with nice handwriting. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of elements of that that work for me and take a lot of my both put me in the moment and take away the things that take me out of the moment, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you don't have to necessarily carve into something like say you're working with a crystal and you want to set an intention with it. You can just hold it in your hand and think the intention. You could Mm -hmm. write the intention down and stick the crystal on top of it or stick whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, your candle, your spell, whatever you're doing on top of it. Mm -hmm. You could trace it with your finger, trace it with your finger in the air on the object you could turn it into an affirmation and repeat that in your mind, right? Like there's there's no wrong way to do it. And I think that's why we wanted to do this episode because a lot of the questions that we get are people asking us like, should I do it this way? Should I do it that way? Should I speak it or should I think it? Am I commanding it? Am I requesting it? Um, how mm-hmm. does it differ from this? How does it differ from that? Uh, like, and And the thing that we want you to hear is that however you're setting your intention is perfect right Mm -hmm. like the intention is just a way of guiding your attention Mm -hmm. your intention is just a way of guiding your attention and energy flows where your attention goes so whatever Mm -hmm. works for you if it's saying it out loud if it's writing it if it's saying it in your head if it's repeating it a hundred times if it's just doing it once if it's just thinking it while you're grabbing your tools or grabbing whatever you're using let it be whatever works for you let yourself let this be a practice of releasing perfectionism and releasing that there's a quote-unquote right and quote-unquote wrong way to do something and let it just be you know what this is this is what I feel like I need today I feel like I need to carve it into a candle or you know what? I feel like I just need to make a sigil out of it. Or you know what? I just feel like I need to say it in my head. I just need to think it while I'm doing this. Let that be your practice. And then if you have this like discomfort of like, oh, maybe I should do this. Maybe I should do that. Can you breathe with that? Can you let go of what other people have told you, quote unquote, should do? And can you make your practice your own? Can you come back to your sovereignty in your practice and know that setting an intention in that way is a practice in coming home to yourself? which is what your spiritual practice is designed to do. Oof. That one got me. Coming home to yourself. I think really anything that puts you in the present moment, anything that sets the stage for you to create a deeper connection with your spiritual practice, that is how you know you've set an intention well. Mm -hmm. Take the pressure off, friends. Mm-hmm. Your only goal is to feel good. Yeah. Or maybe not even good, but like your only goal is to be able to be with what's happening right now. Good, bad, or neutral. I mean, feel good about the work you're doing. Yeah. Your only goal is to feel like you're doing it. Did that make sense? No. <laughs> you know what? Somebody's going to listen and understand. I don't, <laughs> maybe you don't always have to get it, Molly. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. I think we've covered it. I think we did it. I know this was probably like one of those episodes that like maybe if you're brand new to the practice, this might have been an annoying episode because you wanted us to just tell you what to do. 
But the truth is we could we could tell you what to do and it would not accomplish your goal because our belief is and you can you can take this or leave it. But chances are, if you're still listening, you run in with this is that your spiritual practice is meant to work for you. You're not meant to work for your spiritual practice. And so what that means is that there are no hard and fast rules here. And you have permission to let go of what someone else has told you you have to do or should do. And instead, tap into your own intuition and tap into your own body and into your own awareness and see, how do I want my practice to be today? Knowing it could be different tomorrow and different from yesterday. I love that. You just summed it up so perfectly. I don't know that. I don't have anything to follow that. So I think that's a sign that we've done it. We've done it. And if you have questions, <laughs> if you still still have have worries, wonders, whatever, um, we're going to do a Q&A episode soon. So make sure you pop those questions in the form in the show notes. Scroll down, check it out, or send us a DM over on Instagram. We're always here to help, always here to chat with you. And if you found this episode helpful, maybe share it with a friend. Leave us a review, question mark, maybe XOXO. We love you either way. No matter what. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Demystify Magic with Molly and Madison. If you want to learn more about us, you can find all our links in the show notes. We'd love to know what you think of today's episode. So drop us a review or give us a shout out on social media. And don't forget to let us know your magical moment of the week. Okay. Love you. Bye. Bye.